What is up, you guys? Hey, it's week number 10 of the Chaz Wave podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening and watching. I appreciate you so much for being here. Hey, a quick reminder, the Chaz Wave podcast stands for one thing and one thing only, and that is bringing value and making sure that you know that you're loved and worthy. You are an incredible human being. You're created with purpose on purpose. And sometimes, you know, it's crazy this year that we've changed the, the format of, of the show, and I feel like I don't remind you guys of that enough. So be reminded that you are worthy, uh, and I love you guys so much. So if you need anything or if, you, if there's anything I can do, to, to serve you. I'm here for you. Uh, this week, I'm joined by my friend. And I say that every time I have a guest, I say my friend, because I feel confident that, listen, if if somebody is willing to say yes and jump on the show, they're my friend. Like, you're my friend, dude. And so I've got Eric Allen on here today. Um, we didn't talk about this before I hit the record button, but Eric uh, lives in Idaho, and he lives in a place that I actually want to go so bad. Um, so uh, we'll just jump right into it. Eric, where are you from? Where do you live? And let's just talk about you a little bit. Introduce yourself. Yeah, man. Well, first of all, hey, Chaz, thank you so much for having me on your show, man. Truly an honor for to be sure. here, dude. Love your show, man. People need to be listening to this. Uh, I'm based out in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, man, and we're being swamped by everybody in the world that wants to move out here, it seems like, you know? Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, it's it's fun, man. I'm about 100 miles from Canada, uh, but lake life, mountains and fishing and hunting and all that stuff up here, man. And so, yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. I grew okay. up about three hours away from here in, in eastern Washington and okay. uh, made the move to Idaho in 2014, man. That's crazy. Okay, so, um, so Coeur d'Alene, is that how you say it then? Uh, Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene. Okay, I've yep. seen, I've butchered it so many times. So oh, probably, nice. probably two or three years ago, I had some friends that traveled out there for like a, a big event, and yeah. I started seeing a lot of like a lot of their their video and their their pictures of the area. I'm like, this is a phenomenal area. I want to visit this area so bad. Um, and then I'm a huge fan of Ed Milet. He, you know, he's got property there. He talks about that area so much. And then I actually heard you on a podcast. And when I heard you were from there, I was like, this is so crazy. Cause I've never really talked to somebody that's a resident of that area. Oh, nice. You know? yeah. So like, I mean, for those of you guys that are watching or listening, I want to uh, do yourself a favor and just go Google it. Go check out that area. I think you'd be blown away by the beauty of it. Is it as beautiful as, as, it, as I hear? I mean, if I, when I Google it and see how beautiful, is it as beautiful as it really seems to be? Yeah, I mean, it's super beautiful. You get all four seasons and you get like third and fourth winters, you know, typically, okay. right? So, you know, it's not, snow goes away for a couple weeks, come back in the morning, you know. Uh, okay. The first year that we moved to Coeur d'Alene uh, was in 2016. I moved to eastern uh, or southern Idaho the first two years I was in Idaho. Uh, but the first year that we were in Coeur d'Alene in 2016, there was two feet of snow from November through the end of April uh, on the ground. And so uh, if you don't like long winters, it's probably not the place for you, sure. but it's a, it's a rad place. I mean, lake life and things like that. Um, it's growing like crazy. You know, the, the housing market up here is absolutely nutty. Um, if you're a local, it's pretty hard to find a house that you can afford right now. Mm. Um, over the last year, we've seen just crazy, massive growth. And, uh, but yeah, it's super beautiful up here, man. And, and lots of fun stuff to do. There's, you know, I, I wish there was more diverse restaurants, but, uh, you know, <laughs> other than that, you know, the whole time during COVID, we were kind of like, what the hell is COVID up here? Like there was no masks, there was, you know, no mandates or anything like that. We're just gun loving freedom, you know, people up here and, you know, yeah. and there's, it's very safe to live up here because probably 52, 51% of the population is carrying a gun at all times and you don't want to get shot. So you're not going to break any crimes. Or make I love it, that. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. And what took you to, to that area? So when I was a kid, like I said, I grew up about three hours away from here. I had an aunt and uncle that lived up here. And so every summer as a kid, 
my mom and dad would bring us up here to Coeur d'Alene and we would go hang out at the lake and go swimming and, you know, stuff like that and go to the, my aunt and uncle's house. And so my wife and I were kind of like, when we moved to Southern Idaho, we were down there for two years and I got this job that allowed me to work from home remote. And we were kind of bored because there wasn't a lot of water down there. And it was just not, it was just pretty flat. It was kind of like where I grew up, but it was an Idaho version. Right. And so, um, I said, Hey, we should go check out Coeur d'Alene. There's mountains and stuff up there. And I hadn't been up here for 15 years. And so we came up here and just really fell in love with it. And, um, you know, God opened up the door to be able to land the house that we're in now. And it's just been a blessing since we've been here, man. That's so awesome. Okay. So, um, you guys, I actually heard of Eric Allen through social media, always a huge shout out to social media, man. You guys, if, if you guys aren't taking advantage of the opportunity to network and build relationships through social media, you're sleeping on it. And, totally. and whether you want to be an entrepreneur or whether you want to meet friends from all over the world or not, here's the deal. Like you're, you're scrolling anyways, build relationships, dude. Like, why would you not like it's 2022 man and so for me like i mean yeah there was a day 10 or 15 years ago gosh maybe 20 years ago now it was weird to meet people on the internet it's not now like right. I, the love of my life anna is is uh, who's in the other room like i literally we met on the internet not i mean we weren't like out searching for like but that's just it's the world we're in today and yep. post covid it's definitely that world because people aren't out and about right so um eric was on a, a podcast of a gentleman who i i'm, I'm a huge fan of and i, I have a great respect for and so i got to listen to your interview there and uh, i want to say this like you you told your story there and it's a super powerful heavy heavy story and so i want to set the tone like let's set the tone before we get too into because this is a really cool interview for me because you do what i do eric's a podcaster you guys he's a dad he's a believer he's a lover he's a servant man you guys know every single guest i bring on i have an intention to bring value and and the people that talk on the show the guests that we have are always people that are that are, that are servant leaders and lovers and generally uh followers of christ that that is not like a pre that's not a prerequisite it's just kind of what i seem to attract and i'm not always the case and that's okay yeah. too but, yep. um, but Eric is certainly that you guys, but what like set, like, take it back for us, Eric, uh, Eric, how, how did you grow up? Um, tell us a little bit about your story because it is a powerful one. I certainly don't want to like overlook that. Um, and then we can fast forward to, to how you got to where you are today. Yeah, sure. I mean, I grew up in typical household as what I thought was typical, right? You know, like, you know, played little league and went to Sunday school and stuff like that. But my parents got divorced when I was 11 years old and my mom got together with a guy who was very physically abusive uh, almost right away. And so I thought it was weird that she decided to stay with this guy and the cops would come and my mom would never press charges. I remember, you know, seeing him hit her in the head with a cordless phone when those were around, you know, like I was outside and they were in the bedroom and, you know, it's just a crazy chaos. And I was only, you know, 12 years old at that time. And in the middle of my eighth grade year, they decided to uh, move us to small town, Montana, Stevensville, Montana, population 1200. And they got pregnant. And so they had a little uh, a son who's 13 years younger or 12 years younger than myself. And so we moved to this house in Montana that was on five acres, beautiful property. The problem was that house had three bedrooms. So it was one for them, one for my little brother who's a couple months old, and one for my sister who's four years younger than me. And they said, Eric, you gotta live in the garage. So I literally had this plastic tarp at the end of my bed that separated my bed from the truck that would pull in. And on my half of the garage, I had a fireplace that would keep me semi-warm during those negative degree winters in Montana. And, you know, the physical abuse didn't stop, you know, in Montana. And, you know, there was one night where I think it came to a point where I was brushing my teeth. They came home arguing, wasn't anything different than any other night. But as I was brushing my teeth and, and I wasn't walking with Christ at this time, I was, you know, lost and we weren't going to church and things. But I felt in this moment that, 
God was saying, dude, you got to turn around and see what's going on. So as I turned around, the way the house was set up was the kitchen to the pantry to the garage door where I was, you know, my room was at. And as I turned around, I see him on top of my mom, just one shot after the other, just boom, 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 mm. her face. And I was like, dude, I got to get this guy off. So I walked up behind him and I grabbed a cast iron pan and I split the back of his head open. And uh, he turned around. It didn't actually knock him out. And he said, what then? As he said that, I took another swing and split his forehead open and lots of blood. And he still didn't get knocked out. I remember him standing up over me and he was bleeding down his face. And, you know, cops finally show up, take him to jail. My mom doesn't press charges. Uh, the next day I was kicked out. So I had three months left in my freshman year of high school at that time and went and lived with my buddy Forrest and lived on hardwood floors and slept on this floor. And we would walk to school. And then after that, I moved back to live with my dad back in Eastern Washington. And that kind of set me on a path of destruction, man. I got into drugs and addictions really early on in high school. And then by the time I was 21, I was uh, $28,000 in debt. Wow. And um, I had just lived off credit cards. You know, I, my dad kicked me out two weeks after I graduated high school. And so between ages of 18 and 21, I actually moved 21 times living on different floors here and making a move to Seattle with a hundred bucks in my pocket. And yeah, man, battled this addictions. And then it was, uh, you know, 2004, everything in my life changed, man. How did everything change in 2004? Uh, I got laid off from music business. So I was depressed working at Starbucks and, um, you know, at night and this girl walked in and invited me to a church event. And, uh, you know, she said, Hey, we got this cool college event. Would you be interested in going? And, you know, I was depressed and lonely and she was good looking, you know, I was like, Hey man, yeah. What time do I need to be there? Right. So, yeah. um, but got down there and I, and I feel like God planted these seeds. Cause there was all these guys that I knew from the other side of the state that I grew up with. Oh man, I haven't seen you in five years. I haven't seen you in seven years. And so about a month later is Easter 2004, man, woke up in my buddy's basement after a night of partying and I felt God saying, dude, you're done. And so, uh, I decided to give my life to Christ right there. And I quit cold turkey, drugs, drinking cigarettes in that moment and called that girl up and said, hey, thanks for inviting me to that church event. Maybe I'll see you at the store sometime. And a month later, we were dating in uh, this month in March of 2022, man, we're, we're celebrating 17 years of being married now. Man, praise God. Yeah, that's awesome. And ironically, we we're both born at the exactly same minute, 141 p.m. on our birth certificates, different days, different years, but the exact same minute. Wow. That's crazy. That's awesome. That, that, that little trinket right there of being born at the same time, same day, yeah. but, or, you know, different, different years, whatever. But yeah, um, that's crazy. That is, I got a text. Um, I was actually reading a text before you jumped on. I was in a, it was an audio um, message from a friend. Um, I just want to, I just want to talk for a second about how big God is like what you just said about, about meeting your wife. Yeah. Um, I have a friend who messaged me today's yeah midweek now. So I get this message on Saturday from a friend who lives in Oregon and she, I've, I've known her since sixth grade. Okay. And uh, we, we grew up in California together. She sends me this message and she says, Hey, like I'm, I'm really struggling with some stuff. She's a mom married, wonderful, wonderful human being, um, but doesn't have a big circle. Right. And she's like, you know, I just, I kind of get stuck. Like what help me out of my rut. Right. And I was like, first thing you got, you got to find a circle. You've got to find a circle. And if you're home because you raised three kids and your husband works all the time, no problem, but you're going to have to find your circle through your network. So if that means you don't get to leave the house, you better, you better find some podcasts. You better find some books. You better find something to level up. Mm -hmm. And, 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 um, and so she said, cool. And so she said like, okay, find a book. I'm ready for a book. So I said, perfect. I got the book. Didn't tell her the name. Didn't tell her anything. I Amazon got on Amazon, got her address sent her book. She got it yesterday. She sent me this message and she's like, I bought that book three years ago. She's like, um, mind you, I did not tell her what book I was ordering. Right. I knew right away what book I was going to get her I, immediately. Um, and so she said, I bought that book three years ago. 
I never opened it. She said, a girl, a friend of mine was going through some stuff. I handed her the book and said, I think you need to read this. She said, most likely that friend never read it. I don't talk to that friend anymore. She said, in the day we talked, she said, you and I talked Saturday. That later that we had later this, this was just this weekend. She said, later on Sunday, I was at the store and I saw that book and I almost bought it. And she said, nope, I can't buy it because Chad said he was going to send me a book. And she said, and I just have to see what he, what book he told me to read. And it's the same exact book. Wow. And she got it in the mail yesterday. And I was, and I just, my own, my response back to her right before you popped on, I said, that's because God's that big. Yes. And I just believe that, bro. I just believe yeah. that. I mean, you talk about everything you went through and, and, you know, <laughs> it's funny because we both mutually, you know, have a uh, mutually are, you know, I guess we know, we know Brad, who Bradley is right. And Brad, yeah. we all so often he has these conversations about things that I don't know if you heard him and Sean Crane. I know, you know, Sean as well, but yep. like, um, you know, he had this whole debate about like things happen to you, not for you. Right. And I personally, I don't necessarily believe those. I do say that a lot. It's not that I believe that exact thing verbatim. I totally believe things don't happen on accident. And I, and I believe that you could like, you could navigate any situation, including the horror of what you just shared with me from being a little boy all the way to 2004 and then all the way to the present time in 2022 you could call that the worst case worst thing ever i wouldn't wish that on you i wouldn't wish what happened to sean on anybody right yeah, so, totally. and we all have a powerful heavy story whether we've all got one yeah. um but it's how you navigate it and how you decide do you decide to be a victim or do you rise up and i said the same thing to sean yeah. like you rose my man you rose through that you know and so yeah. i mean as much as I'm super sorry that you went through that. And I know that's not your mission is for people to be sorry for you. Sure. But I'm more proud that you, that you there for some reason that day in 2004, you, you, you with the help of God decided like, you know what, I'm ready to make a change. And so that's awesome that you did. So, Hey, can we talk about that for a second in 2004, when you made a shift? Yeah. Do you feel like, like you gave all that stuff up? Do you feel like the answer is going to be, no, it wasn't easy, but do you feel like there was, you, you must have felt like you had some hope. God was on your side. He was on your shoulder. Do you feel like you had help through that? Because that, that's a lot of stuff you were carrying. What yeah. did that look like from 2004 moving forward? So I, I think early on, I realized that if I wanted to make a change in my life and, and to quit all those, I had to surround myself with the guys that were living the life that I wanted to live. So I immediately found guys in the church that had great marriages, that were entrepreneurs, that were great salespeople, that were great men, great dads. And I started like pre-interviewing them. Like before I got into interviewing, I was saying, dude, I want to take you out to Starbucks and I want to understand your story. What are you doing now to do what you're doing? And so I just would do that. And I found all these guys in the church. I got to know them. I purposely put me in, put myself in places where I knew that I didn't know anybody at the church, but I wanted to get changed. So I surrounded myself with those guys that were living life that I wanted to live. And I just took action. I said, how do I get into where you're at? How do I get to be the life and the dad that you're doing? And so they would give me books and they would say, dude, let's talk, kind of set up these mentors. And for me, like I took six months away from, you know, those are my buddies that I walked away from, you know, the, the guys that I was drinking and partying with. And I called them up and I was like, dude, for me, I got to get healthy. I've got to take a break from partying, going to the bar scene, anything like that. So I just, and they were like, cool, no problem. And they're still my friends today. Uh, but I took this break out, a break away. And I just started submerging myself with guys that were in the church and things like that. And they started reading books like crazy. Like, how can I get my, my life back on the path? It took me a couple of years to really get rid of the guilt 
I carried around a lot of guilt and I still do at times, you know, that I think God, uh, I think the devil tries to put that in anyone's head, you know, after you've come back to know the Lord. And, and so there's, there's moments where like, man, I do feel this guilt sometimes and I immediately have to go into prayer. But, you know, I went through counseling a couple of years in a marriage just to kind of figure out why am I so like defensive and angry and things like that. Oh, right. Wow. And so, um, but it took me a couple of years to, to get through that. But in regards to like, getting sober, it wasn't hard for me because I got out of that environment. I never had withdrawals. I think God just totally said, nope, we're done. And he just closed that out. And it's never been an issue for me. Mm. Yeah. Like change your, change your life, change your future. Right. It's, yeah, totally. That's crazy. You know, once I realized, so oh, totally. I mean, and, and like now looking back, like once I realized that my past and other people's opinions don't define my future, man, it was like, boom, God just opened that door and was like, dude, you're going to, you're going to start making the impact. And so that was, that's been my goal since man. Previous to that, like when you were in the, in the thick of it, right. You, yeah. you, did you ever have goals or ambitions to uh, serve other people, to make a change, to, 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 to bring light to others? Did you have any kind of, was there a, any piece of where you are today? Did you have like, were, were your roots still there? Did you have a, a, a servant heart? Did you want to do things for others? Was that on your radar at all? It, it was, and it still is. Uh, so there was, I think, one, I, I put everything back to my grandma who's 88 this year and wow. she is an amazing woman and she's been praying since before I was born. And I'm the second oldest of 19 cousins oh and I'm gosh. very close to my grandma and just a woman of prayer, man. And, and so even as a little boy, I was taught that you respect people, that you serve people, that you give back to people and things like that. So that's always been in my heart. Now, I, there was years where I was selfish and it was all about me, right? Like, what can I do for me? But I think in my heart, deep down, I've always wanted to just serve and give back. And, but I never really took massive action to do that until, you know, started podcasting. Once I got married, I knew that it wasn't about me anymore. I had to provide for my wife and, you know, do those types of things. So it's always been in my heart, but I never really took a lot of action to make an impact. Um, and, and never said, okay, as a goal, I want to do this. I, I didn't have any ambitions, you know, early on, it was like, I want to get into the music business. And uh, I worked for universal records for a year, uh, prior to coming to know the Lord and, you know, it was a great job. It was my dream job to be in the music business. I got laid off during the Napster days, man. And Napster killed the, in the music industry, man. So, I mean, yeah. you in a radio, you probably know, man. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. That's crazy. What'd you do for Universal? Uh, I actually started out as an intern and then I got hired on as their mailroom office guy. So I was basically tracking sales. I was setting up meet and greets and stuff like that. And I actually lied to get into the universal internship program. I was working at a CD store and they at a FYE when those were around. Yeah. And a guy walked in and I jokingly said, man, how do I get your job? And he goes, oh, you got to be an intern. You got to be in school and all this stuff. And he said, but you, if you emailed this girl um, and then you have to be in college. And I said, cool. So I called up the community college and said, I'm trying to do an internship. Do you guys have anything? And they said, yeah, we have an internship class. You have to go two, three nights a week. So I went down there. I paid 320 bucks for my internship class, took my receipt, never went to a single class, took it to Universal and said, look, I'm in school. And they said, cool, you're in. And that was my way into the music business. That, man. <laughs> that is awesome. Hey, you got to do what you got to do to get where you want to get. You know, oh, like, hey, yeah. oh, that's crazy. That's funny. Uh, it's so funny. Universal was a big deal, man, back in the day. I mean, there probably still are, but uh, yeah. the the record label industry is totally different, which we could spend hours talking about that, right. so we won't. Totally. <laughs> but <laughs> totally. uh, it, music business is totally different than the old days. So, yep. um, okay, so you talked about podcasting. Let's jump over to that. So, yeah. um, like, how 
how did podcasting become a thing for you? So it was really out of desperation. Okay. Uh, I started a company, my wife and I started a company called Top Rated MMA in 2012. It was a MMA focused apparel company, t-shirts, hoodies, stuff like that. And it took off a lot faster than we were prepared for back then. It was kind of during the era of tap out and some other companies that were kind of already out there. And what ended up happening is we, our first event, we had a UFC fighter show up, we sponsored him, wore, wore our gear, and then it kind of took off from there. The problem was I wasn't prepared for it. So I didn't have all the gear to sell and all that stuff. And then I was trying to make super amount of profit, even though I was just selling astronomical prices for shirts and stuff. Uh, but what ended up happening is 2015, I got bored. I put an ad in Craigslist. I said, who wants to buy this company? And then guy calls me up, said, Hey, I'll offer you a few grand. It was in that call that he said, I wasn't ready to quit. So I said, now I want to figure out what I'm going to do. So I spent the next year just kind of ho-humming it around, tossing ideas around 2017 comes around. I said, all right, I want to ask fighters. Why do you want to get in a cage and get punched in the face? And that was my only goal with podcasting is just getting fighters on the show to ask them that question. Then kind of just free flowing from there. No idea what I was doing. I was in a walk-in closet, bad microphone, bad camera, you know, didn't even look into the camera, right? Uh, did almost a hundred episodes in that walk-in closet before somebody asked me how they could listen to it on Apple. And I was like, what the hell is that? Right. And so I uh, started doing research, got Apple squared away. And then 2018 came across Ed Milet. And I mean, you know, Ed, and I was like, I was hooked. I was like, his values and his beliefs are aligning with me and what he's doing and the way he's talking to guests. Like, I love that. I want to do that. And that inspired me to start the Eric Allen show. Initially, it was called the Bearded Biz Show. Uh, my wife, being the smart one, said you should probably change that name. So we did. Um, but here we are, man. Yeah, almost 400 episodes in between the two shows. And I stopped doing the MMA show at the end of 2021 uh, after 256 episodes. And so, yeah, it's, it was a fun journey, man. But that's how I got into podcasting. Yeah. And then when did you take the turn? So, I mean, you changed the name. Well, okay. Back up a step. So you, that yeah. was, that was the MMA podcast. And then you, yep. the Eric. So hang on just in case I miss a piece though. So that was the MMA show. And then yep. that moved over into the Eric, Eric Allen show or that, that there was two. There was two. Yeah. So I started right. the second one was called the bearded biz show. And um, it, I don't even know why I came up. I think I started originally. So I couldn't like, I would never have to shave the beard. Uh, right. It was like, Oh, I just have this beard podcast. If I shave it, I can't do it. Right. But I kept having guests come on and they're like, well, I don't have a beard. And even Brad Lee, when I talked to him on my show, he was like, what's the show called bearded biz. Are you sure about that? Like, you know, I was like, Oh, maybe it's not a good name. Right. <laughs> right. Great so, advice. Great advice to change that. I think totally. That's, yeah. That's awesome, <laughs> man. That's crazy. And so now it's the Eric Allen show. You've branded yep. yourself really, really well. Um, Thank you. I, I love what you do. So what is your, so you got rid of the MMA stuff. Yeah. Really quick, funny story for you. So my son's 15 and a half. He's like the coolest kid ever. Nice. Um, he, he's he's awesome so we were in dallas texas weekend before last for motor we love motocross so we were at the supercross which is a big huge thing right uh at the cowboy stadium and we're on our way back <laughs> bless his heart he keeps walking by he's gonna hear me telling this story he's probably gonna try and pop in and interrupt but so we're on our way back and he, he's got his buddy with him who's like 17 and he goes bro do you see my instagram i changed it up <laughs> and his buddy and i hear them in the back seat and he goes no and he goes look at my instagram and so he looks at his instagram and he reads it out loud and he goes hmm that's so weird dude and and braxton goes what and he goes boxer at mma and 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 braxton goes yeah and his buddy goes boxer at mma he goes you realize mma is not boxing and braxton goes what do you mean 
Oh no. <laughs> MMA is not boxing. He goes, well then what's boxing? Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> not MMA. It's boxing. That was so yeah. funny, bro. Like, oh, that's hilarious, man. <laughs> oh, son. Oh, son. We need that. Cause like, we're not hardcore MMA guys, but like, yeah. come on. And then when he's like, yeah. oh, what's boxing? Boxing. Right. <laughs> I grew up in the days my dad would get pay-per-views of Mike Tyson and back in the days, right? And like, you know, my dad would take me to WWF events and local wrestling events and stuff like that, man. So I've always been a fan of the combat sports. That's kind of how I was drawn to that direction. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. So, (laughs) and so in 2012, then when you had just like launched that brand, it's funny you talk about tap out. There's a guy, I think one of the original tap out guys, I somehow stumbled upon him. Um, He's actually an entrepreneur now. I do not remember his name. Dan Caldwell. Yes um and he's a he's like i think he runs with some of the entrepreneur guys that i kind of am in a outside of their circle a little bit but yeah um he's like still crushing it in business whatever oh, yeah. he does now and he just well, exactly. he just signed on with sean whalen at lions not cheap that's what it was and so i think he runs also with ryan Stuman's guys yep. um who's in texas and i think that's how i've been seeing his name come up a lot lately yeah. which is awesome he's so which dude. one was he he's not the tall tall guy from tap out Nope. That guy is still around too. I think he does more mechanic stuff. So Dan Caldwell during the tap out days was, was more known as punk ass. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And so, and then, um, so he, those were the two that, that survived, uh, you know, or they weren't in the accident, but, um, you know, the, the mask, the, the founder of tap out with the three, like he got in the car accident and he died a while back. Right. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you know, I had Dan on my show. So I got to hear the story and talk with him about that. And, you know, they made a lot of business mistakes. They sold tap out for pennies on the dollar, man. They work with a company and kind of got hosed by it, you know, during that time. But, you know, he said he'd never go back and, and change the way that things were, man. You know, and, and obviously he's been able to build up a ton of uh, awesome businesses and he's a, you know, multi-entrepreneur now and so on, yeah. with Sean, Sean Whalen. So, I mean, he's, he's doing extremely well. That's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. But it's awesome. Like the guys, like people that were around back then, even though I wasn't hardcore into MMA, yeah. I mean that those names were big and they had, I think they had, a, they must have had a TV show back then. Cause like they did. Yeah. yeah. And I remember watching that. And, um, of course, like those MMA guys that were big back then were, you know, like, um, I mean, Tito Ortiz and yep. you know, all those guys. Yeah. Um, I was at a, a, a million dollar mastermind back in uh, April of last year. And I'm going to draw a blank for a second, but uh, he was an older guy, still an older guy. Um, gosh, dang it. Um, Shamrock. Ken oh Shamrock yeah. Ken Shamrock. Yeah. Came and spoke. Um, nice. He's a he good a dude, man. Powerful story. Do you know him? Uh, well, I've had him on my show twice. Yeah. Okay. He, yeah. He's a great powerful dude. story, man. Yes. Man. Absolutely. Powerful story, man. I would have never known again because it wasn't like it's not my it's not my thing. Yep. Uh, but I'm so glad I got to hear and it, just to hear it's powerful. It's heavy. Yep. You know. So, anyways, that's awesome. The MMA. It, it's awesome that you had a passion like that. Like I, motocross is my thing. Like that's something I've always loved. And yeah. And so like there, you know, when you get to talking about something that you love, it's cool. Especially when it's like for so long. Like obviously for you, the the business side of it was 2012 for you. You probably had a love for it before that. Um, that's really cool. So podcasting now, like let's go to real time today. The Eric yeah. Allen show is yep. what, what does it become over? Like, tell me about what the last two years or so has looked like for you. Yeah, man, it started out really just, I wanted to hear people's stories and it still is like, you know, I, I, I've reached out to people and I said, Hey, I want to, you know, interview. And it, the focus has always been entrepreneurs, world changers, and success minded people. 
And that's really how it started. In the first interview I did for the Eric Allen show was my buddy who played in a band. And it's he was the typical like real story, like, hey, I'm famous in Japan. He started a band in Japan that blew up, right? Like, cool. and then they, they they got famous. And he had climbed six of the seven highest mountains at the time in the world. So that was my first interview. And, you know, via Zoom and all that stuff, man. And then it's kind of building on. And, you know, as I listen to more people, I'm like, man, uh, I sh- I'm s- I selfishly want to talk to these people because I love their story, but I should probably share this out with the world. And that's kind of how it started, you know, and Sean Whalen was episode six, I think of my podcast early on, man, you know, reached out to him and had him on my show. And then, you know, I was able to have a phone call with Ed Milet. That was episode 12. And that opened the door for, you know, Tim's story and Bedros Koyan and Ken Shamrock and, you know, Brad Lee and Jim, the rookie Morris, and all these guys. And, you know, actually the same day that I interviewed Ken Shamrock, two hours later, I interviewed Ed Milet on the same day. Talk wow. about a mind blowing day. You know, like it was crazy, man. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's just my passionate, you know, my, my passion is just to hear people's stories and, and share them out. And I want to help entrepreneurs get their stories known and noticed online. And, and that's really yeah. my thing now. And, you know, here we are 144, 143 episodes into the Eric Allen show. And, you know, some names are big like Ed Milet and some of them are just local Coeur d'Alene entrepreneurs that I wanted to highlight. And so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place, but I, I'm so fascinated with people's stories. And the same question I ask on every episode, very first question, probably since the first, you know, 25 episodes or whatnot is, hey, tell me about your childhood and, and tell me where you grew up. Because I want my audience to understand no matter who I have on my show, they're a normal person that maybe went through some struggles and got some failures, but then they made an, a choice to make a change in their life and took action to get to where, where they're at. And so that's my goal is to really highlight that where they start and hit, what are they doing right now? Uh, that is a huge nugget right there. If there's anybody that's listening that wants to not just start a podcast, but what if you want to become a better communicator? Those are two great questions. Like, Hey, tell me about your childhood. First of all, people don't ask enough questions. They want to talk. They don't want to listen. Right. So, those are great questions. Like, Hey, what, what, tell me about your childhood. Like, what are you doing now? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Where'd you, where'd you come from? I mean, that's exactly what we just did. I mean, we just did that in a, in a, in a, in our own roundabout way. Like, who are you? Right? Yep. Yep. Cause who, how important and people do want to, people want to share, like you have people, again, we talked about this, like people have a story and unfortunately people sweep it under the rug. If you ever, if you ever were to listen back to anything I've said over the last several years, and I'm very public, I'm very, very, I share everything that's on my mind on my heart. And I say it time and time and time again, your story is meant to be heard. And also your journey is not about you. Your journey is about whose ears it's supposed to fall on. Mm. No matter how rough your journey is, I believe this. So I believe this so firmly, like it's not always about you. It's about what, like, it's about who needs to hear it. And guess what? They don't get to hear it. If you don't share, you know, I think it's selfish to not share sometimes, you know? And so, um, when you do, then you get to help somebody else because even though you don't realize it, it might fall on ears that needed to hear it. There's some really dark, hurt people that just might stumble upon your story and they needed that to relate. They needed to know, like, oh my gosh, like I never fought back when my stepdad was abusing my mom. Right. You know, or my stepdad abused my mom and I didn't know I had somewhere else to go. I didn't know it was an option to go sleep on my friend's hardwood floor. I didn't know I could still graduate school and figure it out. You know, maybe I should have swallowed my pride and gone back to my real dad. If I need, if I, you know, you, you gotta, whatever, you know, yeah, so totally kudos to you for doing it. You know, thanks man. Yeah. And, and also just, I love the, I love, um, yeah, I think it's so cool that you're what your show represents today when just talking back, talk, going back into podcasting and talking about what it is that you do and what you, um, what you, what you stand for. So if, you know, if just in one, like, 
if if somebody's okay, if I'm asking you, what is it? What is the one thing that the Eric Allen show represents? Like, if 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 the show ended today, if podcasting pulled the plug today, what is it that your show just what does it represent? I want them to hopefully it represents. I just want to love people where they're at. Mm. And for me, it's not my job to judge anybody. Uh, you know, that's that's God, right? For me, I just want to love people where I don't care who you voted for. What if you're a masker or vaxer? Doesn't matter to me. If you're a good person, I just want to love on you, man. And and hopefully, I can encourage you to keep fighting for that dream. Be passionate about whatever you're passionate about. Like my job is just to love you and encourage you. And and you know, hopefully, that's what people pull for my show. Is ultimately that's my goal. Is they go, man, Eric just loves people where they're at. Yeah. That's so powerful. Okay, so now in the next little while, I want to talk about you. Um, what do you do? Let's let's not talk about podcasting. Let's not talk about MMA. Let's not talk about your, about your past. What's your wife's name? Courtney. Courtney. So you and Courtney yeah. have been together. Married, you said 17 years in, here in March? Yep. Cool. So what does she do? Stay-at-home mom. Hardest job awesome. in the world, man. It is. Un, un, um, does not get enough credit. It really does not. Yeah. Um, I don't believe. And I set a I'm, goal to get her to be a full-time stay-at-home mom uh, once we had kids. And uh, it took me six months after my daughter was born uh, okay. to make enough income for that to happen. And my daughter just turned 12. So, you know, she's okay. been home with them. Do you since. just have the one daughter? Uh, my son is eight. Okay. Yeah. So, yep. So two kids, eight and 12. Yep. Do they love where you live? They do. I mean, they've, they've lived in Idaho more of their lives than they did in other states. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And um, so Courtney and Eric and the kids and like, what do you guys, what's fun for you? What do you guys do? Like, what's a weekend look like? For, for us weekend is, uh, you know, we, we like to get out and go on walks, man, and, and kind of do some hiking around and we ride bikes and, you know, we're by a nice park. So we'll go over there and we'll take the dog over there and, and hang out at the park. Uh, you know, we're getting into baseball season. So my son just had a winter camp and I coached literally, or I coached a little league. So, you know, we're getting ready to, to prime that up and, and April 16th is opening day. And then it's going to be busy, you know, for the next couple months. Okay. And, um, so like walk me through what a normal day. So at midweek, um, uh, what does a day look like for you? What time do you get up? What's your routine like? Yeah. So my routine is 4am, man. So I get up at 4am six days a week. And, uh, for me, you know, it's all about stacking the wins and Ed Milet talks about this, right? So I get up, it's, it's actually a goal of mine to open my eyes every day, right? So if I open my eyes, uh, that's win number one. And then I jump out of bed and I make my bed, there's two wins in 15 seconds. So I'm already starting to build that momentum and stacking those wins mentally uh, in the morning. So I acknowledge that, yep, man, God, you've given me another day to see and hug and hold my family. That's win number one, boom. Number two, make the bed, right? And then, um, you know, get in the shower, come upstairs to my office. And for me, I like worship music, man. So I turn on worship music and um, just spend time in prayer, man. And my prayers are very gratitude driven, man. God, thank you so much for getting me to where I'm at today. Thank you for my family and health and, you know, we're debt free and thank you for the job and thank you for being able to podcast and build relationships. And so um, I spend a good 15 to 20 minutes just in prayer and reading the Bible and, you know, memorizing some scripture. And, and, you know, this year I, I started a men's mentor group. Uh, I'm, I'm a mentee in that group. I didn't start the group, but I'm, I'm in a mentorship group. Okay. Um, that's a one year long commitment with some guys from our church. We meet every six weeks and we're reading through books and memorizing scripture, man. And so that's my time in the morning is really just meditating on that. And so um, I do that until about six 30. And then I go downstairs, I make the kids breakfast and lunch while my wife's getting ready. 
And then at eight o'clock, I start my full-time jo- my job here, uh, you know, which is a computer right behind me. Um, so, you know, it's, it stays busy. And the reason I get up early is because my desire to be successful is bigger than my desire to sleep. And I want to be successful, not only in business, but in my family. And so at five o'clock, I try to cut everything off. And, and if I'm, if I wasn't getting up early, uh, then I'd be eating into family time after I got off work. So if I get up while they're still sleeping, I don't have to do that. I get off work and I can actually spend dedicated time with my kids and my family each night before they go to bed. That's so important. Um, where do you, do you work out? Um, I need two more. Um, I have a home gym. So, okay. uh, yeah, so it's not like I, I, I actually, I found that I, which <laughs> funny, I found that I work out more if it's downstairs or at my house versus me trying to get into a truck and leave. Um, so yeah, we've got a full gym, you know, weights and row and elliptical okay. and all that stuff. So, so if you, yeah. if you do, you could actually do that in that morning. I was actually just trying, I would, my question was going to be, where do you fit it in? Hang on yep. a second. Hey, come here. This is impromptu. Come here for a second. Come here. If you see me looking Listen, this if way, you're, my monitor's right here. Do what? If you see me looking this way, it's because my monitor's okay. right here versus here. here. Yes, I am. And if you're going to dance like that, you're going to come here because I'm, I'm, we just talked about you. So come on, hurry up. Um, he's literally, I don't, I don't have this glass covered out of the office and he was trying to do the running man. And so we're going to talk about this MMA versus boxing in a second. When oh, okay. Me. Okay. Um, this is just how we do life. If we're going to have a home little office, then let's come here. This is my friend, Eric. Say what's up. Hi, Eric. Hey man, how are you doing? Thanks. Said, oh, thanks man. I appreciate it, dude. Um, so tell me if you've learned recently, first of all, not, you got to learn how to shave. We're going to do that soon. <laughs> um, we were just, I was explaining the story about MMA versus boxing. Cause he had a MMA, he hosted an MMA show for years, uh, podcast. And I was explaining that MMA you, boxing, MMA boxing. I was explaining that you recently learned the difference between, can you explain the difference with MMA and boxing? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. Is boxing MMA? No. Okay. 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 Good. I just want to make sure. Mark, Mark is also before. <laughs> it is. Here's what you, you do is you just say, I love combat sports in general. He said, just say, I love combat sports. Sports and you're safe. Okay. Yep. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome, man. Thanks for yeah. taking time to introduce him, man. That, your son looks awesome, man. He's so cool. He uh he works um part-time kind of. We have a we live on five acres and behind us is this really cool guy. Uh, by the way, his Instagram is I don't know exactly what it is, but it's like the bearded something. What's hey, what's Darren's Instagram? The bearded the bearded landscaping cowboy. Okay. And he has a big beard, like very full, like yours. And he's hilarious. And he owns this big landscaping company and Braxton works part-time for him. So he rides his dirt bike over to his house um, and he'll go over or to his shop and he'll go work for him. And he rides a dirt bike back. It's kind of cool. So he just got back from working. So I saw him walk by and he was dancing. I was like, okay, if he's going to dance around, we're going to, he's going to do it. What's your son's Instagram? I'll give him a follow, man. It's uh, Braxton Foster, B-R-A-X-T-E-N. I'm going to give him a follow, man. Braxton yeah. Foster. Did you see him? Did you find it? Uh, yep, right there. Cool. Yep, I think that's him. Yep, it is. He met Andy Frisella. Nice. Okay, I see it. Is that him? Maybe I don't not. know. Maybe. Hang on. Oh, I don't think that's him. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Hang on. The audience is like, what are these guys doing? Right? Yeah. Uh, Braxton Foster, B R A X T E N F O S T E R. Oh, T E N. That's right. Yeah. Okay. His picture is like with a sunset behind him. Sorry, audience. I just wanted to make sure that I was following Braxton, man. 
Looks like a cool dude. Oh man, he's got way more followers than I do, dude. I got to take him up on some tips on how to grow my Instagram. He is. He's all about it. He knows what's <laughs> up. I will say he knows what's up. That's awesome, man. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, and you have a real job. Like, so let's talk about that for a minute. Like yeah. you have an eight, eight o'clock in the morning job. What does that look like? Uh, so I work for in the swag industry. So uh, okay. I, I do customer success. I've been in sales for 20 plus years and awesome. uh, account management stuff. So yeah, it's been been doing that, but I've been working remote since 2015. So, you know, a lot of people got affected by, you know, COVID and stuff like that. But man, I enjoy working in shorts and t-shirt and slippers every day, man. Yeah, that's so cool. And are you, I mean, it seems like, I guess the answer would be, you're able to navigate right around your passions. I mean, here we are, you know, recording this midday and you're able to just navigate around. Yeah, I just told them when I started. I mean, when I got hired on, I, my first day of the company was March of 2020, uh, right before COVID hit. And when I got hired on, I said, I do a podcast. And during the day, I'm going to break away and I'm going to do it. And they cool. said, okay. I just, cool. I didn't ask. I just told them. You know? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, control your time, right? That's yep. awesome. Perfect. I love that. You know, what? I, one thing I just want to acknowledge you is um, I think it's great to have, a, a, you know, additional sources of income. Yeah. Um, I think multiple sources of income is something that I wish I would have learned when I was young. I did. Oh, me too. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, now I know. And so now I work every day harder and harder every day to, to have multiple sources. Right. Um, but I think that's great that you work around that. One of the things that I have worked through the challenges of is not compartmentalizing. So it's like, um, it, when you kind of have your eggs in too many baskets or when you're like hats into, you know, you know, you got too many things going on. It's hard sometimes. Cause it's like, well, but I also work this eight to five. Oh, but I, but I, can I really get up at 4am? And like, I love what you said, because it's like, if I get up at four o'clock, I can serve, I can have some wins. I can serve my heart. I can give my gratitude to Jesus. And then I can show up and be the best dad ever and then make a great husband. And then I can be a great employee. And then I can, you know, do, you know, your love, which is podcasting. And then, and then you can shut it down and be a phenomenal family man in the evening. What time do you go yeah. to bed? I'm usually asleep by nine 15 and nine 30 at the latest. Um, yeah. I actually, the kids go to bed by eight, eight 30. And then after that I'm, I'm in bed. So, you know, nine, nine o'clock, you know, somewhere in there between nine, nine 30, I'm, I'm usually out cold. <laughs> okay. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I do think that, and I've, I've done many, I've never done, I've never been a 4am guy. I have done many different ways of, of routines, you know, sure. and, uh, and, that, and there, some can be more challenging than others, but, and right now I'm in a place where I'm actually trying to shift around some stuff mentally to work like uh, on my physical fitness, where is it sure. going to best suit me? I love mornings to be really pro I, I'm the most, I'm the most, um, I get the most done in the mornings. Mm -hmm. Um, but if I spend an hour or two in the gym, then that's actually when my mind is at its best place. And I feel like I would not like, I'm not focusing. I have to shift my focus and what I do and, and when I do it. So I'm actually literally the last two days, I've been taking some time to really evaluate where my best time is spent at what time. Um, nice. and how about your wife? Does she like, is she on a similar schedule or is she like, does she go to bed when you go to bed or does she, do you guys just kind of work around, do your own thing? Yeah, we're, we're complete opposites. She's very okay. much a night person. Um, and, uh, you know, so she sleeps in a little bit longer than me and, you know, but we, we've kind of made it work over the last couple of years. You know, when we first got married, I had to be at work at 4am. I was working at Starbucks. Right. And so, you know, first year marriage back in 2005, we didn't have social media. We didn't have, you know, iPhones and stuff like that. So, you know, she'd get off work. 
uh, at five or six o'clock in the evening and then eight o'clock rolls around and I'm out and she's like, this is what first year marriage is like, you know, I'm snoozing next to, you know, <laughs> so we had to uh, kind of work that stuff out, man. And, yeah. and, uh, get through that. But yeah, so we just kind of, we know that in the morning for me, that's when I'm at my best to be able to grow and spiritually to get my work done. And that's what I'm passionate about, but I'm also passionate about my family. So I had to kind of set, um, sacrifice that sleep a little bit, uh, to get to where I'm at, man. I love that. That's awesome. Way to be disciplined and also way to, um, you know, the fact that you've communicated that obviously with your family and you guys have made that work. You know, there's obviously an understanding like this is the way I've had to shift things to, to be the best version of myself. So yeah, uh, that's super cool. Uh, what is one thing that you would love for people to know about you? Maybe that you, and maybe, yeah, just what's one thing that people maybe don't always know about you that you, uh, that you'd share. You know, I think uh, the one thing that I would share with people, oh, gosh, I don't, I've never been asked that question before. That's fun. Um, Perfect. Yeah, dude. I, I think for me, I think people, I think having a big beard sometimes gets a lot of people judgment. Uh, people are like, oh man, that guy's a crazy, scary guy, right? Like, I think I just love to love on people. And so I think if people um, would just get, take a moment to, to say hi or say hello, man, then we'll open up a, an awesome relationship. But I'm, I'm so passionate about podcasting, hear people's stories. So if they take one thing away from the conversation about me, like I, I want them to know that I'm so intrigued and interested in their story. I want to understand what they did. And, and that's really my passion is just to, to highlight other people and, and understand their story. Mm, that's so good. All right. Last question for you. And I just want to thank you so much for your time today, by the way. Yeah. Uh, last question, two books, two books uh, that you would recommend to somebody, what would they be? Uh, Max Out by Ed Milet. Um, by far, my one of my favorite books. I've read it several times. It's like 100 pages long. Uh, just ordered his brand new one, by the way, uh, which I'm super stoked about. And I just read a book by Mark Batterson called um, In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. I, think I, I love the title. It's and it's such a good book. Uh, I read it when I first gave my life to Christ. And then I read it again. Uh, it's part of my mentorship group that I'm in right now. The very first book uh, that we had to do was read that book. And I read it in two days. It is an unbelievable book, man. It just talks about men. We should be chasing the lions and not be being scared and fear about doing anything. And I, that lion could be, you know, uh, going to work or, or that line could be jumping on camera doing a podcast or that line could be, man, do I buy my first house? Do I invest in this? Right. Um, that line could be whatever it is for you. But as men, we should be chasing the lions to, to make our, um, a bigger impact on not only our own life, but others around us, man, it is such a good book. And the way that Mark writes it, it's super clean, super fun. And it's an excellent, excellent read. Like I said, I read it in two days, man, it's such a great book. Okay. And tell me the title and the author again. Um, it's Mark Batterson, and I'm looking over at my bookshelf real quick just to make sure I get the title right there for you. And I'm going to drop all this in the, in it, the description as yeah, well. Yeah, so. it's In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. Yep. Okay, perfect. I'll put that in the description. Dude, Eric, I appreciate you so much, man. It has been so great to get to know you. You know, the first time I heard you and, and heard a little bit about you, I knew right away I wanted to connect with you. And then you did something really smart, and I don't know if this was strategic knowing you it probably was uh but when i reached out to you and, and just said you know kind of just introduced myself and thanked you you responded back with a video message and um i don't know if that's part of your strategy because you're a very smart man um but what a great thing to do because in the world that we live in right now where there's a lot there's a very little amount of touch we're in a world where sometimes it's not a i, I often say that 
if we would just make sure that we that we lived a life where the heartbeat mattered and not just so surface level, you know, mm-hmm. and part of that when you when you can respond with a video message in a world where we're not face to face, right, it allows the heartbeat to be an important part. And that sounds kind of cheesy sometimes coming from a guy, a big guy with tattoos, right. <laughs> um, but the reality is, um, if you lead with heartbeat, I think that we'll, we will leave the world in a better place. Mm. Uh, because we don't, we, because we don't often enough, yeah. it's just not kind of the, the world that unfortunately that we live in. And so I love that you did that. And I appreciate that so much. I appreciate you being responsive and, and taking the time today. So I, I'm grateful for you. Um, I'm proud of who you are. I'm proud of the show that you created with your podcast. I know that there's huge, huge things for you uh, to come. And I want you to know that you've brought me tons of value. You've, you've continued to bring me value. I listen to your podcast um, and I am, you know, trying to listen, kind of listen back through some of your archives as well. Um, And as a guy who um, wants to be better, who wants to learn and create more in the podcasting space, um, and, and I have so much to learn. I always believe in becoming more of a student. Um, I definitely can grow through you. So I would, I want you to know how much I appreciate you for that. Oh man. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to be on your show. And yeah, man, it is a strategy for me to do videos because I, I don't like uh, for me personally, um, I want to respond to people that are reaching out to me via video so they can see me, they can sense my enthusiasm about being in contact with them. And just a pro tip right now, if you're a podcaster and you want to book people on your show, the best way to book people on your guest or on your show. And this is how I book 99% of my guests. I pull out my phone and I do a 30 second video to that person. I'm going to invite Ed, what's going on. It's Eric out in Coeur d'Alene. I saw that you just got this brand new book. It's coming out. Let's get you on the podcast, promote that. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Boom. 30 seconds. Shoot it via Instagram direct messenger. I love it. Pro tip, boys and girls, that's awesome. So hopefully there are some people that want to grow in, in the podcasting space. Um, and I think there's some great tips right there for you. And also check out Eric Allen. Guys, as always, any of the info, any of the things we shared are all going to be uh, listed in the description and uh, as well as Eric's info. So check them out, guys. Thank you again. Eric, have an amazing day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you. I look forward to visiting with you more in the future, my man. Thanks, sir. That was awesome.